Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our first reading comes from 1 Kings, chapter 19, verse 1 through 15. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah, Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the, br- the, bush, the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came, a fire, came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected Sorry. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king over Aram. Psalm 42, verse 1 through 5. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. 
while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how he used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. It's one of those passages that, uh, that I love to hear over and over again. First uh, Kings 19. Uh, although I, I got to say this, that uh, that there was a time as I started to, I had to, I had to Google search a couple of things because I was trying to figure out if if this was where a band got their name. It wasn't, but have you ever thought about that? If Earth, Wind, and Fire might have gotten their name from no, okay, maybe just me. I don't know. <laughs> All right, will you pray with me this morning? Gracious and almighty God, we, we come striving to hear your word. God, I ask that, that your words would be heard. God, that, that this message would be from you. And that I would decrease as you increase. God, may the words that I speak no longer be my own, but they would be your words. Your words for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. The other one was Psalm 42. As a deer pants for water. Many of you know that for me, being near water is, just brings that sense of peace. And sometimes that gentle flowing stream is just what we need. Gentle flowing streams, wonderful lakes, as long as they're stocked with fish, we're good. <laughs> so so in, our, in our lesson here today, we, we hear about Elijah. We hear about Elijah in this one particular time. But I think what we need to do is we need to understand a little more of Elijah and, and how we got to where we are. And so just, just really quickly here as, as we look at this, this incident that happens is pretty early in Elijah's ministry and is in his prophecy. You see, if we go back, all we have to do is go back to chapter 17. And this is where Elijah is kind of introduced to us. And what does he, what does he do? So, so we go back to 17, and, and the first thing we kind of hear about is that Elijah has to go to Zarephath. And as he goes to Zarephath, uh, he's supposed to go see a widow, a woman uh, that was going to feed him. And if you remember this story about getting fed by this widow, uh, he says, hey, I need you to, to make me some food. And she says, I, I don't have very much. What am I supposed to make you? Uh, he says, you have enough. There's, there's some flour and some oil and some things. You can, you can make me some bread. She had a very little supply. But in the entire time that, that Elijah was there, the supply never ran out. She would make food and never run out of her supply. And so after, after this happens, her son falls ill. And Elijah heals her son. 
And then right after that, we find him going and defeating the prophets of Baal. Now, this is one of those wonderful stories that, uh, that is told uh, multiple times. This is Elijah going out and, and all of the prophets of Baal, and they're, they're supposed to call on their gods, and their gods will act. Uh, but, but they would act in, in ways that were pretty simple. But Elijah says, here, I will prove to you. He says, build that fire and tell the gods to rain down fire. And Elijah says, okay, there's the, there's the altar. There's the, the pile of wood. This is great. Now hang on. Before I call on God to bring fire, I want you to douse that thing with water. Not just sprinkle it. I want you to douse it with water. And so they douse the thing with water. And then they get done and he says, no, no, not yet. Hang on. A second time. Why don't you pour more water on top of it? So they pour more water on. And they go, all right, now call, call your God and have him bring down that fire. And he goes, no, 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 not yet. One more time. Pour even more water on it. Then Elijah calls upon God to rain down fire. And all of a sudden, even though it was completely doused with water three times, it catches fire. So all of this is happening. And then we hear about Jezebel. And Jezebel was going around, and, and obviously as we heard from a story this morning, going around and killing all of the prophets. And now Elijah fears for his life. And he runs. Because Jezebel is after him now. So he runs, and he wants to hear from God. How often do we run and just want to hear a message from God? We want to know, God, where are you calling us? What do you want us to do? How do we get to where we want to be from where we are now? And we strive to listen to God's word. But then we don't hear it. Or at least we don't think we do. So how often do you do that? Are you doing that right now? Are you trying to... Listen for what God has to say to you. And you're just not sure what that is. Many times during an Ask a Pastor Sunday, uh, one of the questions that is usually asked is, how do, you, how do you know the voice you're hearing is God's voice? How do you know that that's the voice you should listen to? And it's hard to determine a lot of times I tell people, look, I said, if you feel that, that that might be God's voice, but you're really not sure, tell the voice no. Because I guarantee you, if that's God's voice, you're going to hear it again and again. <laughs> there was a pastor I remember that said, you know, I, said, I tried to run away from my calling and I kept telling God no. And every time I turn around, there was another door that opened up to ministry to seminary, to whatever it was. It was like God was saying, nope, yeah, you can tell me no here. Now you're going to turn over in this direction. I'm going to open up another door over here. And you may walk away from that door and say no, but you're going to turn this way and I'm going to open up another door here. And sooner or later, you're going to understand that this is my voice calling out. You see, Elijah fears for his life and he wants to hear from God. This is our story. We are doing the same thing. We want to hear from God. See, God wants Elijah to continue working. 
God wants Elijah to continue anointing kings and prophesying to the people. God wants you to continue doing things. It's our story. So Elijah runs, runs away from Jezebel, and he runs all the way to Mount Horeb. And he's going to hear God's voice. Wants to hear God's voice. But where does he look for God's voice? Where does he try to listen? We hear it. We hear it that he saw the, or he felt the earthquake. He saw the fire, heard the wind. But God's voice wasn't in that. God's voice wasn't in all of these huge things that, was, that were happening. Wasn't in that rushing wind. Wasn't in the earthquake. Wasn't in the roaring fires. But he still kept looking for it there. Do we do the same thing? We want to hear God's voice, but we want to hear God's voice in the big things. Maybe in a tornado that's ripping through. And we think God's voice might be there. Or in the big events of our lives. We think God's voice will be there. But I like, I like the fact that one of the translations, the, uh, the NRSV translation says, the voice of God came, not in a whisper, but in the sheer silence. How are we with silence? Are we okay with silence? Is silence a good thing? <laughs> no. Some of us are like, yeah, silence is good. Most of us are like, ah, silence is uncomfortable. But sometimes that's what we need. We need that silence to hear and to understand what God is saying. There was a, there was a story about a, uh, this is going to go back a few years. Uh, there was a story about a, uh, a place that was looking to hire a telegraph person. Now, I know that that goes back quite a ways, back to Morse code. Uh, so, they were, they were trying to hire somebody for this telegraph company. Uh, and so everybody was coming in for the interview. They were going to walk into this building. And, and, as, and as all these people started walking into the building, they sat down in a waiting room. And they, you know, they heard music and noise playing in the, in the background. And, and so they just sat there and they waited. Uh, and then there was this other guy who, who kind of walked in a little late, got into the, into the waiting room a little late. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, see? Showing up late for the interview, that's not a good sign, right? He sits down, and, and they're all sitting in the waiting room hearing this noise and this music and stuff playing in the background. And all of a sudden, the guy who got there really late just stood up, and he walked into the interview room. Everybody else is in there going, who does he think he is? They haven't come out and brought anybody in. Why is he going in there? He was late. We should be the ones going in. So it goes in there and all the people are sitting in the waiting room trying to figure out what's going on. Trying to figure out what just happened. And then a the guy walks out of the interview room and, and walks towards the door and exits. And, and as he leaves, the, uh, the supervisor comes out of that same door and he says, thank you all for coming, but we filled the position. They were like, wait a minute. 
We were here before he was. How did, you haven't even talked to us. How did you let him get the job? He says, well, what you didn't realize was the noise that was playing overhead was actually Morse code. And it said, if you can understand this, come in the office, the job is yours. The one who was late heard the code, heard the voice, went in the office and the job was his. The others didn't understand what they were hearing. How do we know God's voice? How do we listen for God's voice? Do we listen to everything around us? Because that's really what this guy did, was, was he wasn't just listening to the people talking in the room and, and sharing their stories. They were probably talking about where they came from, where they had breakfast that day or whatever. Wasn't really listening totally to them, but was listening to other things and heard the message. I wonder if there are times when, when you finally got the message. When you heard things or saw things around you and realized that was God. Certainly sounds like a conflux moment, doesn't it? Something that you all of a sudden realize. You see, while we were up at Spirit Lake, every evening we got asked the same question. And so I'm going to ask you the question today. I know you haven't studied for it. Well, some of you have. <laughs> some of you were up there. But I want to ask you this question too. And so I'm going to ask it in response for yesterday. So think of yesterday. What were you doing yesterday? I know what some of you were doing. Because I know that Mary and Steve were tearing apart a deck yesterday. <laughs> but what were you doing yesterday? Who were you with? What were those conversations like? And now let me ask you the question that was asked of us. Where did you see God yesterday? Because I will guarantee you this. You did. Whether you realize it or not, you encountered God yesterday. Probably more times than you can think of. But what, is, what are those times that you encountered God. Where did you see God? Maybe you want to share that. So this is like congregation participation time. Where did you see God yesterday? In your granddaughter? Yeah. In, in a friend, in a call from Poland. Two-hour call from Poland. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Two sandhill cranes with the little young ones out on our property here. Yeah. With your wife? That 
is wonderful. You're the only one in the house, but you heard her. Yeah. And I love this. You heard her. It wasn't here. Heard. Amen. <laughs> Picking up weeds. Yeah. Picking up weeds is starting a new bed. All right. Yes, Amy. A conversation with your dad. Amen. Carol? Mm. So at a show up in Wisconsin, and they opened with a, with a wonderful sharing. Yeah. Yes, Sherry. There we go. A t-ball game where one team only had four players and the other team shared some players and they all cheered together. Yeah. You see, God is all around us. Our encounters with God happen all the time. We just have to be aware of it. And the more in tune we are to it, the more we see it. The more we see all of those, uh, all of those encounters, all of those experiences of God, of where we see God. And so, like I said, it can be in any particular point. It also can be in the silence. And sometimes we need that silence so that we can hear God's voice. It's not in the noise. It's not in all of those big things. It's in the quiet. But how do you understand God's voice? How do you know that it's God's voice that is speaking? And while there's a lot of things that are just, we're taking some of this on faith and understanding that it's God, I mean, you will see things happen when you trust God's voice and the doors get opened. There's another thing that I can, that I can tell you about, and maybe this will help you understand it. There was a, there was a father and a, and a son, uh, and they had gone to the orchestra. They had gone to a symphony, uh, and they were getting ready to enjoy symphony. And as they got ready to enjoy the symphony, the father leaned over and tapped the son and said, hey, listen. Listen for the flutes. Listen for the flutes in this piece. They play a beautiful melody line. You got to listen for them. And the son says, what do the flutes sound like? And so when you, when you listen to a symphony and you're trying to pick out one instrument, if you don't know what that instrument sounds like to begin with, I mean, that, was it a saxophone? Was it, a, was it an oboe or a string bass? If you don't know what that instrument sounds like, it's hard to hear that instrument in all of the other instruments. And so that father telling his son to listen for the flutes, he couldn't do that. Because he didn't know what the flutes sounded like. And so what we need to do is we need to practice 
listening for God's voice. Because when we understand what God's voice is, then we can hear that voice in the midst of all the other things that are going on. In the midst of the newscast, in the midst of the tragedies, in the midst of everything that is in our lives that's taking up our time, we can hear God's voice above and beyond all of those because we've now entuned ourselves with God. And so Elijah knew God's voice. And the reason that I know God knew Elijah, uh, Elijah knew God's voice was because the earthquake came, the wind came, the fire came, but God's voice wasn't in that. And then in the sheer silence, he hears God's voice. And what does he do? Walks out to the edge of that cave, covers his head because he knows that he can't look upon God. But he knows that God is speaking. And so he comes out and listens for the message from God. And so maybe we do that today. We listen for God's voice, and when we hear God's voice, we ask God, what do you want us to do? What is the word that you have for us today? And maybe it's just this. Rest in me. Rest in me so that I may give you strength. So that I may instill within you dreams and visions of what I have for you. What I have for not only you, but also for Journey of Hope. So maybe we do that today. I know that silence is uncomfortable. But what I would like us to do is for one minute. I'm going to set a timer because sometimes we think one minute is really short when we do this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a timer. And for one minute, I want us to just focus on hearing God's voice and what God wants to speak to you today. So listen for God's voice. Almighty, loving God. God, your voice has spoken. God, you have given us messages, visions, and dreams. God, help us to share them. Help, them, help us to share them with others. Because God, they too might have heard the same There may be something that you're calling 
this church to, this community? Or maybe it's just each one of us individually. God, don't just let it be the voice that we heard on Sunday morning. Help us to to know that that voice is speaking to us all the time, that you are speaking to us all the time. Opening up our hearts, opening up our minds, and, and trying to help us understand things greater than ourselves. Help us to to love you even more and to love others. Because God, we know that if we do this, that your kingdom will come. That we will be participating in it here on earth as it is in heaven. God, thank you for speaking. God, thank you for the messages that you have given to us. Thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How great thou art. That's a wonderful hymn to, uh, to end our worship service on today. But it is not over. Worship continues, and it continues next door as we go over and have coffee and, and snacks and just enjoy each other's company and fellowship as we continue our worship over there. But go knowing that God continues to speak, that God speaks to us each and every day, each and every hour, as long as we are in tune with God. So tune yourself in. Tune in that, that voice so that you can continue to hear it all the time. And now go, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.